And now for something completely different. Welcome to Shout Out. Out of the closet and into your ears. Now this one's actually live as opposed to the last one. So hello and welcome to Shout Out. I'm Andy Shilton. And I'm Lara Lanamy and it's so good we've had it twice, our intro. On today's show we talk to Mark Farrelly. He's back with a double bill of theatre masterpieces. Uh, and Soft Butch. Lex is here to tell us all about this brand new dance night coming to Bristol. Uh, all that and more coming today, right here on Shout Out. <laughs> Dum, dum, dum. Oh, it never gets old. I mean, anyone that says it gets old, it, you haven't been. You haven't, long haven't done that for a while. No, have you? I have not. No. I haven't. I haven't exercised my lungs enough. No. But yes, how was that? How are, how are you? I'm good. How's I'm your week been? Uh, yeah. Well, it was a bit of a come down after the awards, to be fair. Yeah. Um, was it? Do you yeah. feel like it was a bit like? Ooh. Well, yeah. I mean, it was a. It was like. Months and months and months in the build-up to it, wasn't it? I mean, that's um, like a lot. I think with a lot of events, when you spend a long time doing it, it's like a lot of pent-up, like, energy. And then you kind of let it out, don't you? It kind of explodes and then... Well, it's always it's like, always the thing, is that anyone that ever organises events will tell you the same thing. You spend so much time in the planning and the getting it up, and, and then suddenly the event happens, and then, oh, it's over. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. But it's it was, not even it was, anticlimactic, it's just like, it's done. It's just, it's, uh, it's done. How um, did everyone else feel? I put a frock on for the first time, and I can't remember <laughs> when. In fact, I think it was the last awards before the first COVID lockdown. Oh, damn. That was yeah. 2017. First time I put a frock on. I was freezing when I went outside to the o- OMA. Uh, it was cold, actually. Yeah. I'm sorry. Are we concentrating on how cold you were, not actually how amazingly it I was had. Are? Part of my body was sneezing. <laughs> I never even knew you could sneeze. Oh, my oh, God. God. That's just your age. <laughs> God, now you'll be, you'll be, next year we say it got through your bones or something like that. Oh, it went, it did, it, it was <laughs> chill, it, it was chill. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, next one. How did you feel the the awards went? I really enjoyed it because I, I worked the door, so it's like it, nice to meet and greet people coming in actually, and just you know we could scan it, but actually ask for a name and just have a little chat with everyone that came in. I thought it was really yeah. nice. Such I a beautiful it crowd. Was, it was great because I mean the last time was brilliant, but this time the audience was so engaged. Mm. And and um, what was quite interesting was I was talking to the team from Hugo afterwards who of course sponsored it and they were saying it was really great to see an awards show where if you didn't win they were still cheering and clapping for the people who did win you know which just says an awful lot about our own community oh and it's also beautiful like I know it sounds but I've never I've not been to an awards before how proud people were of receiving the awards that was so beautiful in and of itself they're like oh my god I can't believe I got this and I was like ah so cute like it was so beautiful so I lots think. of people asking um, um, because it, it went out right at the very end and not everyone caught it but the, the awards will return next year um, next for, year for nominations oh. to be awarded the year after Oh, 2025. Yeah. So. Oh, God, don't say that. I know. <laughs> 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 That's the future. No, no, no. It's all right. 2025 is not happening. We've yet, got pride. We've got plenty of pride between now and then. Yes, yeah. 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 Yeah.
Darcy from UK Pride down in Weston oh, this, yeah. this year. I still can't believe And then the following weekend is obviously Bristol, Bristol. Pride. Oh. Uh, we shall be there. And we're in talks with Gloucester Pride at the moment as well. So Y'all have we'll the energy to do there. three Prides this year. Yeah. You, you can cool. keep up after Absolutely all those balloons. Absolutely you know? not. Do you know what? I expended all my energy when I was younger and now I'm just like, one is good for me. Oh, one, yeah. pride one Pride in Bristol. In no, I'm joking. Like, there's three. But still, like... One pride in Bristol, one in London, and one in Manchester. That's what I do. The mean but, ones. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Got to keep the energy but, up. I hope Brighton's the uh, biggest, uh, isn't it? Brighton is. I actually do need to get to Brighton at some point for the pride. Yeah. Uh, yes. But you know, I really like the small ones. They're really nice. And they're very oh, different, cute. aren't they? Yeah. Cute. Are they? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I love I love all the prides that we do, but the difference between doing one like Western and and, and Bristol Pride is quite stra- staggering. Because uh, at Western, we're almost there. You can almost reach out and touch us, you know, because yeah. we're right by the stage. Uh, um, and because it's a smaller event, there, there is security and there is security fencing, but it's not on the same scale as Bristol. Yeah. Whereas Bristol, you've got a scale like a ten foot wall to get to <laughs> us. You know, it's, I wonder really if that's going like to that. be different. Uh, this year because it is UK Pride and for the first time mm, it's on the uh, Western Pride are actually broadcasting from the front yeah mm. right by mean? the pier uh, well we were in a small park yeah. um, for the the previous years but now, this year because it is UK Pride it's going to be mm. in the uh, the main gardens right on the beachfront exciting things have come to mm. come this year like yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, are you wait I mean the clocks go forward in about what three and a half weeks three oh. weeks or something okay. end, yeah. end of March and then it will start to feel yeah. somewhere yeah. Like, can Isn't I just it say? officially spring? It is. Oh, yes. Is it? yes, as of the first of March. It is. I need yeah. to see well, cherry blossoms before speaking, I believe yeah. that. Yeah. What did you say? Meteorologically speaking, but astronomical uh, spring starts on the twenty-first. Uh, mm. yeah. We heard it here first. Well, anyway, from that to um, theatre. Yes. And um, Steph, this was your production, wasn't it, this one? Do you want to introduce her? Um, I interviewed a lovely, lovely chap called Mark Ferrelli, and he's doing something really amazing. And this is making sure that all of us, even though we're just out of uh, LGBTQIA History Month, we keep it rolling for the rest of the year. Now, you might think that doing one solo artist theatre piece would be enough, but our next guest is doing two. Now, one of them is called Jarman, and the other one, Quentin Crisp, Naked Hope. Now, first of all, Mark Ferrelli, let's go back to your childhood. When do you think you were into acting? Oh, gosh. Uh, at a very young age, I think. I was uh, one of those kids who was straight into it at primary school. Um, yeah, it, it was something that always uh, held my attention and imagination. So really looking back, I don't think I... I, I think I was one of those people who never had any other option in life. It was something that I had to do no matter what. You know, it was it was a, a compulsion, which, you know, actors often say it has to be that. And in a way, it does because it is such a tough business and you need some steel to keep you going with it, really. Mm, mm. So you, were you in all the school plays that you could? I was, I was. I, I did everything that I possibly could. And then when I went to university, I did exactly the same thing, much to my tutor's dismay. <laughs> um, and when I was in my final year, I played Hamlet on a student tour of North America for a month. And that was definitely the moment where I thought, well, this is this is way too much fun to not do this for the rest of my life. So, yeah, the choice was made. I guess you're good at remembering lines if you've done Hamlet. Well, you have to be. And, and uh, you know, as you alluded to, I've written four 
plays, three of which are solos, the other is a two-hander. And so I, I perform them around the country, it, basically a bit like a, a repertory act where you're just darting from one play to the other. In fact, last week, because of a, an accident of scheduling, I ended up doing all four in the same week, uh, you know, in different parts of the country. So, yeah, you you, you have to have a retentive memory because that's, that's a lot of words. Yeah. And like you say, that that's a busy time for you and you still got to go on stage as though it's your first performance, I guess. <laughs> you have. You, you have to keep it as fresh as possible. But then that, that's quite easy with the, the, the characters that I've chosen to play because they left behind words that are so uplifting and inspiring and exciting and challenging. So um, for me, there's a real, remains a real freshness about it. I mean, Quentin Crisp, who I've uh, made a show about, um, I've played that character nearly 200 times now. Um, wow. Yeah, I, exactly, exactly. Um, it's a lot. Derek Jarman, the, the, the other one that you mentioned, um, he, he's a bit newer. So I've only done, I, I did that for the 50th time up in Rotherham on uh, Sunday night. Right. So tell me more about that one, Jarman. Well, Derek Jarman uh, was a figure who I was uh, rather afraid of, really. Um, when I was growing up, he was somebody who, who had quite a controversial image. Um, he died very publicly because he was courageously open about the fact that he was uh, dying of HIV. And I was uh, kind of put off by some of the images that I saw of him. And much, much later, a few years ago, I, because I'm a big diary reader and I'd never read Derek Jarman's diaries and they cover the last five years of his life. The reason I hadn't read them is because I thought they would be depressing and more for me because I opened the pages and I found this treasure trove of inspiration, this love of life, this, this huge appetite for meeting new people, going on new adventures, the, the wit and the humor and the bravado of it all. And I really wanted to bring some of that energy back to people because I think to some extent he's a, he's a, a curiously forgotten figure in some respects and he shouldn't be because his work stretched across so many disciplines, whether it was that incredible garden he built in the shingle at Prospect Cottage in Dungeness, his films, Caravaggio, Sebastian, his final film, Blue, which is just a single blue screen that reflects what it was like for him to lose his sight as an artist his brilliant writing, his painting, um, his gay rights activism. So he's a, he's a hugely important figure, but uh, aside from this idea of importance, he's, he's just a lot of fun to be around and he, he's great fun to play because um, the show is, is very interactive. The, 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 it's never quite the same each night. And um, yeah, he, he's, he's, he's um, been a, a joy to um, embody. Mm. I, were you trepidatious at all about actually doing that character? Um, because people who go to see it obviously got high hopes and go with certain expectations. Yes, uh, you you have to you have to have a degree of trepidation out, out of respect, but at some point you've got to cut loose and say, "Well, look, I'm doing it, and I've got to do it my way." And um, also having played Quentin Crisp before, you know, I, I, I had some form with, with playing these iconic figures and realizing that um, you shouldn't, shouldn't be too nervous about it. That's going to hinder you and, and, and uh, limit your freedom in doing them. So you, you just got to go for it and have a go. And that's a very 
Jarman-esque thing to do, to have a go. You know, he he, he loved just mucking in and creating with whatever was to hand. Um, so we, we've made the show very much in the spirit of that. So all I have on stage is a chair, a bed sheet, a torch, and a roll of brown wrapping paper. And I have to make his whole <laughs> story and his world out of that. And yeah, that, that was my director, Sarah Louise Young. That was very much her input. She said, look, we, we, we must do this in a very sort of childlike, lo-fi way, because that's a lot of the spirit of Derek Jarman. And, and I, I think she was spot on. Mm, mm. Now, Quentin Crisp was obviously quite um, uh, a flamboyant figure. Um, did, did you enjoy <laughs> playing Quentin? Or do you enjoy? I, I do very much. It's interesting you said, did you, do you, you know, because I, I felt that I would only do it for maybe six months to a year. And, and I'm now in the ninth year of doing it, you know, because there's still an appetite for it. Yes, I, I, I enjoy playing him very much. And it's interesting you see the reason that we brought the two plays together in a, a double bill at Wilton's Music Hall is because Quentin is really so, so different to, to Derek. You know, that when you're playing Derek, you have to be like he was, like a piece of human mercury, you know, constantly on the move, constantly upending, disrupting and, and exciting situations. And Quentin was so almost zen-like still, and uh, because, because he'd had a, a lifetime of ostracism, you know, he, for those who don't know, he was very openly gay in the 1930s onwards. Um, so he was routinely beaten up on the streets of London where he lived. And um, he described his life as an 80 year journey from the outer suburbs of ostracism. Yeah. Uh, you know, much, <laughs> much later. Point. Yes, absolutely. And, and there are so many great lines like that. And uh, he, he was only uh, accepted in society in the mid 70s when John Hurt played him in a TV drama called The Naked Civil Servant, at which point John Hurt became incredibly famous for, for having dared to take on this role that a lot of actors had turned down. And Quentin became very well known and popular. So um, he, he went through this extraordinary journey and reversal of, of um, public taste. And um, my play depicts him, although it, it goes straight through without an interval, but it, it, it does have two parts to it. And the first part is him in the flat he lived in in Chelsea. This is the one that he notoriously never cleaned on the basis that, as he said, after the first four years, the dust won't get any worse. And um, <laughs> I know a lot of people like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too, me too. And um, and then the second part, you get to see him in his sort of in his splendor and pomp when he was touring the world doing an evening with Quentin Crisp and really talking to people about what matters in life and how to be their truest self, you know, and he he'd, he'd learned the very, very hardest possible way. So his words, like Derek's, carry great weight, you know, that they both both men um, went through a lot of suffering, Derek through his illness and, and, and Quentin through his rejection by society at large. Um, what I find does unite them, if, 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 as I said, they are very different physically, what perhaps does unite them and brings them together in a double bill is that they both put their suffering to incredibly good and inspiring use. They didn't become bitter. Uh, they took what had happened to them and tried to find the good, the progressive, the hopeful in it. And um, we had a little uh, a sort of mini run of doing them as a double bill at the King's Head in Islington last summer. And it went so well 
and that's why Wilton's musical picked up on it and, and asked me to to do a week of it. So I'm I'm so much looking forward to it because it, it I know from from last year that it, it's it's great for me as an actor to to pivot between two such interesting and different characters, and it's really great for an audience because what often happens is that somebody uh, comes along because they, for example, they're an ardent Derek Jarman fan, and then they come and watch the Quentin show because they don't know much about him and they want to. So, um, yeah, it, it, it's really, um, it's really exciting to to put them together. Yeah, one thing that I think must be really difficult for you, and that's to swap characters. Do you actually have to go into a quiet room and convert and let one go and take on the other one? I think that. Uh, doing that, uh, that swapping is actually one of my favourite aspects of what I do um, because it keeps you very invigorated and on your toes. Pretty much every actor will tell you that there is a degree of nervousness or anxiety in what they do, especially if you're like me, you're primarily a stage actor. It's that half hour before the performance, a bit like doing a bungee jump. That's when the nerves are going to try their hardest to, to get a hold of you. Now, if you're moving so frequently between two characters, the, the, the practical reality of that is that there's so much to think about that you haven't got time to worry. You just go, okay, where's the next one? What are we doing? And actually being, being as busy as that, it counteracts any anxiety you have because you think you've just got to do it. You know, you've just, I mean, to, pardon the expression, you've just got to act. There isn't time to think and agonize and worry. You just get on with it and do it. So it's actually really good. And, what what I've created for myself, I suppose, is a bit like the, the the old repertory system with acting, which is gone now. But it used to be a tremendous training ground for actors because, again, you'd rehearse one play in the day, you'd perform a different one at night. And as I've discovered, it's actually really, really good for you as an actor. It, it, it strengthens you and, and develops you in all kinds of unexpected ways. Mm. Let's take you on to the future now, um, Mike. So th let's look at what you might be doing and what other characters you've got in mind to pick up. If you don't mind sharing, of course. I absolutely don't, except um, the answer is zero. I mean, I've got these four that I, you know, I know what I'm doing for the next 12 to 14 months in terms of performances with them. Um, and I don't have any new ideas at the moment i it, you know it's something that you can't force it's, it's got to be something that comes from very much within you so for example with quentin i i encountered him on youtube i, I vaguely knew who he was but i encountered him on youtube at a very very low point in my life about 10 years ago i mean a really low point uh, i was extremely depressed because a, a whole heap of things had gone wrong in my life in, in quite a short amount of time and I was feeling very very demoralized and then I watched Quentin and um, he, one of the things he said was if at first you don't succeed failure may be your style and <laughs> you know that that immediately made me like you just did I, I laughed at that and bear in mind you know it, I felt like someone who hadn't laughed for about two years and I, I just started to explore more of his writing and I discovered the hope in it. And I wanted to share that with people because I know that, you know, it's not just me who's, who struggles with life. We all do. And I thought a good dose of Quentin would, would be healthy for me and for a lot of people. So what I mean by that is that there has to be, for me, a deep 
emotional reason why you want to play these characters. You're not doing it because you want attention or, or anything like that. You're doing it because it's done something powerful for you and you hope and believe it can do the same for other people. Derek Jarman had a totally different effect on me. He, he, I was in a pretty good place when I discovered his work, but he just, he, I, what I got from him was the need to go further and be braver and bolder and, and push even further. Um, so yes, I don't have an idea at the moment, but it, it can come to you, you know, like that. You, yeah. you, something might happen tomorrow. It might be in three years time. Um, I'm, if I've had all the ideas that I'm going to have, I'd be more than content with that. But if something new comes along that I think, is relevant initially to me and and therefore you you suspect it could have a wider application to other people then i'll get in a room and, and start making a new show so i'm, I'm, I'm completely open-minded about it you're actually on stage giving the queer community something very very special in the remembering our history and we should never forget our history and um so where can people come to see you where can they get tickets and how can they follow you on social media Okay, so I am doing the, the double bill of Quentin Crisp, Naked Hope and Jarman at Wilton's Music Hall next week. That's the 7th to the 11th of March. Um, that's every night. And then on Saturday, there's a matinee at 3.30. So go to uh, Wilton's Music Hall, just Google that and you'll find the link immediately. Uh, also, just to say, you, you talked about queer history. On, on Tuesday next week, our opening night, it's Jarman. And after the performance, Peter Tatchell is coming on stage with me. He's going to talk about his friendship with Jarman and take some questions along with me from the audience. So, I mean, he, he's a, a truly extraordinary figure who um, yes. is always listening to. Yeah, uh, absolutely. We, we've had uh, we've had Peter on the show uh, quite a few times and nothing's ever repeated. It's, he's got such yeah. rich life. Yes, ha hasn't he just? He, he's, yeah. he's a very special figure who who's... Yeah whose full value I, I still don't think has quite been taken on board by a lot of people. So he's next Tuesday. Um, if you want to know more about me, just go to my website, which is markfarrelly.co.uk. Thanks for joining us and sharing just a small part of uh, LGBTQIA history. Thank you. Absolute pleasure. <laughs>Shoutout news on Thursday the 2nd of March. Now, due to a catastrophic computer systems failure at our news office, which is in my grand mansion, we have had to cut back on news this week. We've lost scripts and articles and are, for now, unable to update the new section of our website. A new computer, Andy, it's a ZX Spectrum, has been ordered and will be installed forthwith. In the meantime, please bear with us. 
Intersectional feminist writer, theoretician and academic Roxanne Gay gives an uplifting interview with The Guardian this week. In it, she addresses the difficult times being experienced by many minority communities, including the Haitian-American one from which she hails. Roxanne is warm and generous, even to people with whom she disagrees, but this does not stop her from speaking out firmly against reactionary political currents. Roxanne says that a useful discussion is taking place within feminism about gender diversity. But she is clear that anti-transgender activism is toxic and that the majority of inclusive feminists need to disown transphobic rhetoric. The interview is available to read at the Guardian website. The local anarchist political paper, the Bristolian, slams a highly conservative church in the Hotwells area of the city for its homophobic and more generally theocratic press releases. Whilst the paper notes that people are entitled to hold any view they wish, even if they're ill-informed or irrational, they also note that secular society has a right to question the influence of extreme groups. The Bristolian lists local bodies on which the church in question has a role. In addition, they refer to the National Christian Broadcasting station premier radio as loopy this will chime with many lgbtqia plus christians who have long pointed out the fundamentalist tone of that network a 1995 study by gay times magazine revealed that the station had tried to refer gay callers to discredited religious conversion therapy groups the university of bristol has been in touch with service users and supporters of hiv charities in the west country dr catherine dodds who is a senior lecturer in public policy is heading a team which wants to recruit two paid community researchers to researchers to collect and review health and safety policies from a range of workplaces the posts are funded from the 17th of april to the 7th of july people living in or near bristol who have a detailed understanding of what it is like to live with HIV or hepatitis are invited to apply. The posts are for 11 hours per week and are on flexi time. Training will be given. Full details and an application form are available by emailing catherine.dodds at bristol.ac.uk. The Radical Community Centre and information space in Bristol, known as BASE at 14 Robertson Road, held a workshop on the 11th of February called Parenting Beyond the Couple's Norm. Inspired by communal traditions as well as extended familial structures, the workshop addressed help for single parents, raising children in a multi-generational household and ways to move beyond the typical nuclear British-style family. The event was advertised as being very welcome of queer and polyamorous relationship models. Now, it's a happy St. David's Day for all our Welsh listeners this week, as the National Day was on the 1st of March. Wales has made considerable strides for LGBT plus equality in recent decades, with the First Minister, Mark Drakeford, celebrating the country's progressive traditions in his St. David's Day address. Many gay hippies and lesbian communards moved to rural Wales as part of the Back to the Land movement of the 1970s, and today the prominent leader of the Welsh Independence Party, Plaid Cymru is a gay man, Adam Price. 
Now, on Sunday the 5th of March, it will be St. Piran's Day, the patron saint of Cornwall. Although annexed by England in 838 CE, the Cornish are proud of their Celtic heritage, and since the 19th century there has been a renewed interest in reviving their ancient language, which is related to Welsh. Interestingly, just as the arrival of BBC Radio Cymru in 1978 and S4C Television in 1982 were major boosts to the Welsh language, so the introduction of community radio stations, such as this one, have helped provide a mouthpiece for the beautiful language of Cornwall. There is a Cornwall pride every summer and services to the community are offered by the Intercom Trust, amongst others. Happy celebrations if you are Welsh or Cornish. And sticking with celebrations, finally, next Wednesday is International Women's Day. Events will be taking place across the globe throughout the week and in our home city of Bristol. A major day of celebrations takes place on Saturday the 11th of March. These will be coordinated by Bristol Women's Voice, an inclusive feminist organisation. Originating in the left-wing and workers' movements of the early 20th century, Women's Day received a boost in popularity from the women's liberation movement of the 1970s today is officially recognised by many governments and by the United Nations. International Women's Day is also an opportunity to celebrate inclusive feminism, which celebrates the contributions of lesbian women, women of colour and trans women, amongst many others. Unity is strength after all, and feminism is stronger as an inclusive movement. We wish you an inspirational Women's Day. For Shout Out News, you've been listening to Terry Starr. Shout out news, national and international LGBT news for you. Shout out LGBT radio for you. The Shout Out Podcast. Yeah, it's not Lara's cup of tea, that one. Oh, you realise? Yeah. I, I think me and Lex like that one, though. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard Lex's music, I don't think so. <laughs> well, but bopping along. I do appreciate the energy of the song. Yeah. You know, just not, yes, everything about it. But Can't have every song that you like, because, mm. you know, we've got a very diverse audience. I mean, I'm also a hypocrite, because I never suggest any songs to play. Well, so, yeah, true. you know. <laughs> but I can still comment and be shady, because just me um, <laughs> but yes we're joined by Lex um, welcome to the show do you want to give us a little you. intro on who you are and I guess why you're here yes so I'm Lex or Alexa pronounce she her I'm the DJ and the events producer of Soft Butch mm. a night celebrating all butchness for women non-binary and trans people to dance freely together and I started running this night in November 2022, mm. had two so far, both sold out, and the third one is on the way in a few weeks, 22nd of March. I literally can't wait, I've got my tickets. Yeah. <laughs> so, so first question I'm going to ask, yeah. where? where? Where are you holding them? So at the moment we're at the Jam Jar. Oh. In, uh, is it it's a really great, yeah. it's is like it? a really intimate, like beautiful space to be in, yeah. like I, 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 That's here in Bristol, I presume, is yeah, it? Yeah. yeah. So well, yes. We go out further than Saint Bristol. St. Jude slash Old Market. Yeah. Oh, nice. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's sold out both times. It's a really nice space, as you said, Laura. And yeah, we might have to go to a slightly bigger venue Ooh. soon. Mm. So I guess my first question, well, I guess I had the question before, but like, why did you start it? 
like what kind of initiated that spark because clearly there's a need if it's sold out so yeah what kind of brought it into fruition yeah totally there there is such a need for it um i i think i've always been butch at heart like since i popped out of the womb (laughs) (laughs) and it it literally like took me 26 years to realize that and start using the word Mm -hmm. and that's because yeah butchers and butchness overall uh, are just really underrepresented and shamed by the patriarchal cishet normative system that we live in um so yeah realized that i was a butch a couple of years ago and i was like and then um yeah i just i I just decided to use my identity so soft butch as a name for my night because i was like surely i'm not the only one who's feeling that and i wanted to create something that centers butchness Mm. and i also wanted a night with an early finish (laughs) right (laughs) like don't you sometimes want to go out in the week have a dance and then go to bed and like feel great the next day 100 percent. now i'm 28 i'm like oh my god yeah i can't do it anymore (laughs) my knees are hurting i am old (laughs) so yeah night with an early finish and i also wanted to bring in something a bit different in the queer dance culture Um, in terms of embodiment and inviting people to kind of check in with their bodies in whatever ways that might look for them Mm. um, and in whatever ways makes them feel safe. So I hold an optional meditation on the dance floor before I start the DJing and that's something that people can do if they want or opt out of if that doesn't feel comfortable or they can kind of like dip a toe from the back of the room, try it out. Um, And I also encourage people to experiment by having no drinks and phones on the dance floor see if that might give them a different type of experience and allow them to be more fully present and more real mm. um, i don't so, know why people yeah. dance with drinks anyway you're not spilling it's it so inconvenient and, and, and you lose half your drink because then you the get a sticky floor where you don't people get thirsty andy yeah, but yeah you can always like go to the side i mean i suppose there is the whole argument of not leaving your drink and also people there? spiking drinks yeah precisely and <laughs> the drink is a way to hide to and it's I use barrier. that all the time. Yeah, I use it all the time. It's mm-hmm. like an, it's very um, helpful to have an object sometimes. Mm. So, and if people need to do that, that's totally fine. But if people are interested in experimenting and just being like, "Cool, I'm not going to ha- use my phone or drink," see how that yeah, it's a way of night. connecting that's with people more, isn't it? Like yeah. not having your phone just and right there like and body. being there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think it's so often like you want to. I remember being at a concert and I want to take a picture or a video of the DJ because it's so good. But then you lose that connection with the music. Yeah. So I think it's really brilliant that you do that. And I yeah. felt that when I was at your your event, it felt very like we're together in a space and celebrating each other. Mm. Um, so why do you think it's so important to the community? I guess. Yeah. Um, slightly off base definitely to like create a space um for butchers butch appreciators butchness to just be there together as a community and to dance and explore and like kind of like feel sexy yeah and also feel safe enough to be able to try letting go and doing weird shit with your body Mm. like just going out dancing like however your body feels mm-hmm. um and for me that's part of why i created the night as well is that i used to i just used to hate dancing nights out dance floors biggest nightmare i used to be like my body is literally exploding right now i hate it because i've 
I was just told from a very young age that like I didn't look the way I should look, that I was, you know, like dressing like what I shouldn't be dressing like and just lots of bullying that got stored up in my body and just mm. I couldn't That's, there's I couldn't always move, been a, always been know? a thing with the whole of our community, isn't it? Yeah, That's exactly. Hundred percent. That's something that, that like it's quite it's quite quite interesting to see this 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 coming around again because it's very similar, you know, with, with gay men. You you're saying about Butch being shamed and the like in, in lesbians, of course we we've had it with gay men um, being camp or or the like as well and being shamed for that you know it's nice to hear that there is a kind of pushback again going actually no it's fine to be who i am and what i want to be so so what kind of music are you playing <laughs> yeah i play a mix of many different genres and that's also another reason why um yeah i wanted to create my own night i'm a dj with really eclectic I was going to say Flavors. that an eclectic taste. Yeah, and like, I think, I really love the queer scene that we've got in Bristol. We've got amazing events. We're really blessed. And I also find that a lot of um, queer nights are quite um, genre-specific. There's mm. a lot of, like, techno nights and stuff. Or if you go into the more kind of mainstream um, LGBT clubs, you'll have, like, a lot of pop songs and stuff. And, yeah, I've always been, like, a music geek and have been collecting music for, like, years and years. And love to showcase like the diversity of music that we've got all around the world yeah because people planet. i think people yeah. love that mix don't they you've gone from like drum and bass techno to vibey music slow music and i think it's just a really nice i guess experience flowing through the different ones and being able to move your body in different ways um with people because yeah i think it does some people love the drum and bass and some people go and sit down some people love the techno and do you know what i mean it's like that mix i think that allows the night to be so like energetic and yeah like yeah. dancing on the stage of course i danced on the stage was um, it was great had to was <laughs> <laughs> when would i not it was such a brilliant experience and your energy i think is one of the most beautiful things about the night um where mm. do you get the energy from mm. to like do this because it's not easy organizing an event right yeah it's wow what a great question <laughs> it's part of like what I think I need to do like I don't know it sounds a bit corny but like I just want to do it and I have a calling for it I just really enjoy bringing the things that I've learned around somatics the nervous system our bodies and how that connects with music and beats and like how the body moves and how to create like a journey through different music genres like you said and what and that will evoke in different people it, so. it sounds very much like as well it's like it's something you sought out and didn't find so you thought yeah i'll do it myself yeah literally i was like i've been djing for like i don't know three years maybe and i was you know trying to get gigs and nice that i really like or just was reaching out to people and it's, it's hard out there and i was just like do you know what i'm gonna do my own thing that mm. also pairs up like the DJing and music and really serves my community and brings something that I think will be really beautiful and like healing in so many ways for us. And you were telling me that, I mean, I think this is a really significant point is you do pay your DJs like you, cause it's about putting and valuing our community for what they bring. Um, and so that's such an important, I think part, cause I think a lot of people can ask you to volunteer because mm. the cause is great. And it's like, great, but I can't feed myself on air. That's so it. it's like the basis. Yeah. I, I've worked in um, the performing arts, um, doing production and marketing and stuff for maybe like five or six years now. 
um, always with an activist kind of lens. And yeah, it's really important for me. I, I literally can't imagine not paying the artists because that would not be nurturing the community mm. and not valuing them and their work. And yeah, like we've had different types of guest performers and yeah, had really great feedback from everyone who's performed actually that they were really happy to be a part of it. Of and course, it's such a brilliant yeah. vibe. But what's next? Like I want to hear about the next event because obviously I'm yeah. going. Yeah, well, what's next is the next soft butch on the 22nd of March at the Jam Jar once again. And yeah, we've got really cool guest performers planned. We've okay. got pole dancing. Ooh. Mm-hmm. By Don't tell me twice. <laughs> okay. And a guest um, DJ who's gonna open before me called Dunya. And what type of music is that? Dunya does a mix of like Afro house, Middle Eastern inspired mm. music, which wow. connects to their own heritage, and um, started producing music as well mm. of their own. And so is yeah, it, is it ticketed? Do, do we need a ticket to come along to it? Or oh is it yeah, on the door? you sure do. <coughs> Um, it's on head first so get on head first um, and search soft butch and it will come up and Mm. yeah and you know next up as well is like I'm hoping to take that to different places across the UK different venues maybe festivals events like there's butchers everywhere Mm. who need and you know butch appreciators or people who have butchness within their own identity who need a space to just like let loose and dance and just have yeah Yeah, exactly so if anyone you know who's listening is interested or has links just get in touch yeah Yeah. but how do they what 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 are you on yes so what are you on what are you on (laughs) right now tell me what you're on right now (laughs) (laughs) give it to me (laughs) we're on instagram you can find us at soft butch bristol and if you don't have instagram you can reach out via email softbutchbristol at gmail.com perfect it's been beautiful having you on here we hope to have you back uh, maybe to review what how the year's gone because it's only just started which is brilliant we've got you at the very start so it could grow trendsetters yeah exactly what can we say (laughs) so i'm really glad that we we've had them um Mm. on today and if you'd like to see lara on the stage go as well (laughs) we hear you won't get her off no you won't Um. unless i get thirsty (laughs) (laughs) which i always am but yeah (laughs) I'm very glad if if anyone that wants to come please do it's a brilliant event and it feels it feels very homely cool well best of luck with it Lex thank you so much thank you so much for coming in and telling us about it thank you so uh, you're listening to Shout Out stay with us back in a minute the Shout Out podcast for more information about Shout Out Radio visit us online at shoutoutradio.lgbt Shout Out LGBT radio for you there you go. That's a uh, Lionheart by uh, Joel Corey and uh, Tom Grennan. So, which Lara loved because she. Oh my god! Okay, I, I I enjoyed it. Let me just say, I enjoyed the experience. I think you're just in a party mood, really, aren't you? Yeah. Especially because you're, you're thinking of Lexi's do. I, I mean, obviously, and I wanted a big fish, little fish, cardboard box it. So you know, <laughs> it gave me the uh, ability to do that. And yeah, I am excited. I'm excited for the 22nd of March. So I'm getting ready. You know, I'm I'm old now, so I have to like get ready really far in advance. <laughs> like, you should know, Andy. Lo- lots right? of sleep. In, yeah, know, yeah, yeah, you yeah, should yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> Bottle of Prosecco in the fridge. Yeah, know. I mean, Prosecco, you think I'm that fancy? I'm a student. Oh, sorry, Lambrini. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yes. Oh, it's baby sham. Uh, stop making that, oh, Steph. Keep oh, it up. Baby. I remember baby <laughs> snowballs. They've stopped making baby yeah. sham. Yeah, they did. Oh, oh my god! What am I going to drink when I go clubbing now? <laughs> Well, if the last time you drunk was when you had a baby sham, it was quite some time ago. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no truer thing has time been said. Time just goes so quickly. You just have a coffee usually, don't you? I did, I did like the way Lex said, you know, it's one of those, you can go for a dance and go home and feel okay. And Steph's eyes pricked up as if to say, I could go to that. Absolutely, yeah. for me. Yeah. Um, I'd still be in bed with my cocoa. I'd right? like to know, before I do rock up to that event, I want to know whether my Zimmer's got free parking. I mean, will your Zimmer even have space on the dance floor that's oh. the number one thing you I'm, need to consider well we'd we'll be allowed see. that wouldn't you yeah i guess yeah. inclusive i would think so yeah yeah wait what is it the yeah. zimmer is the thing that you like you yeah. sold mm. yourself up not the thing you broom broom in right yes that's, yeah. a, that's a scooter yeah, that's a, yeah. oh, okay sorry i'm not well versed in these <laughs> if you will when you get older yeah. <laughs> it's for old people like me oh well, i always I mean, the BCFM are so good Let me have a parking space out the front for me, Zimmer. <laughs> they are. They're, they're nothing but giving, <laughs> Steffi. See, what you couldn't see at the awards last week was there was a winch on the back of the stage for her. Is that what <laughs> <it was>? <laughs> 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 Steph, we got her on and off. Steph, we're going to have to be... Was it um, Desmond Carrington on the BBC? He, when he was extremely old, they put a, uh, a radio studio in his bedroom so he could broadcast... Or certainly in his house so he could broadcast... Well, yeah. you've got that already, haven't I you? You've got the Riverside steady, Studios. Steady, steady, Terry, yes. steady. So, you know... Tightrope walking now. You know, you could, be, <laughs> you could be sort of like in bed doing your programmes. That would be great. Oh, okay, okay. Let's not go there, please. <laughs> I, I don't know about you, I use my bed for sleeping these days. Yeah. So nothing else. Yeah, well, you know what goes on under your stairs, though. That's the more worrying bit, isn't it, mate? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's only in my fevered imagination. But I have to tell you, looking, looking up at Tom Daily in Speedos too much did blow up my computer. I was going to so. say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what did it, was it? It wasn't a knitting pattern. <laughs> you, mate, you, one of these days, we won't be lucky enough to interview Tom Daly. Oh my God, you're just okay. going to be bright red in the corner, <laughs> aren't you? I'll tell you who was bright, uh, bright red or sort of starstruck was the lovely, uh, it's Ollie, isn't Ollie, it, from yes. Bath Radio mm, when yeah. we did Pride because he's a Eurovision fanatic. And of course, we had Katrina mm. from and Katrina and the Waves who he, won Eurovision he for us. He literally froze bless he him was, he was he was presenting with me it was great good old, good old uh, so, uh, congratulations Katrina. as well Ollie um, yes he won he won, won yes. didn't he for his mm. programme on Bath Radio yeah. Yeah. I think there was good a station. tear shed yeah. There was a tear. Are you sure yeah. you saw a tear? I did. Yeah, Ollie was really. He was very, very touched. He was touched. To be fair, everyone, everyone, everyone was really was. touched. I yeah, think. Yeah. it was a beautiful thing. Um, yeah. None of us cried because we were, I guess, exhausted. We were on adrenaline. Yeah, literally, yes. all the water had been drained from uh, all those balloons you blew up. Honestly, <laughs> so many balloons. You were so they they took them home. I'm so lucky I didn't do that with my mouth. You know, like I'm so glad uh, you. Yeah, yeah we, we bought a machine in case you wondered what she's talking about. I could not blow all of those balloons up. Wasn't Three, 360 swimming. up those stairs it took yeah. that's what you did to us Andy yeah I know they did didn't look good and they loved oh, no yeah they did it. no the but they yeah. were going off <laughs> it's good for expanding the lungs I hear yeah yeah and like the heart palpitations anyway anyway <laughs> that's it for another week as always you can catch up with uh, this show and many others online 
All shows are available on all good podcast services, as well as on our website, shoutoutradio.lgbt. Uh, next week, The Vault is back. Uh, but from myself, uh, from Terry, from Tara, from Steph, from Lara. And in the back, say bye-bye, Lex, as well. Say bye-bye, everyone. Bye! Bye, darling! Shout out. LGBT radio for you.